1: Your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What
2: up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm Jake Lisco, He's James Rapine. Together, we're your hosts. Of the Locked On Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts. Make sure you hit that follow button on audio platforms and subscribe on YouTube. The thumbs up if you like what we're doing to make sure we're delivered to your eyes and ears first thing every day with all the latest on your Cincinnati Bengals. And James, only a couple of minor moves to report today for the Cincinnati Bengals on Wednesday at 319 Pacific time, 619 Eastern time. As we're recording this episode, two moves have been announced for the Cincinnati Bengals. One of those being the return of Clark Harris, which the man himself broke on Twitter, long snap God back for the Bengals for 2022. (laughs) And Michael Thomas, the safety, not the wide receiver, but Michael Thomas, the safety who found some playing time, even in the playoffs as a third safety for the Cincinnati Bengals. Also a special teamer will be back. I'm assuming both of these guys, James, are on something close to minimum deals, which is what they've been playing on for the last few years or in the last year, Michael Thomas's case. And Mm -hmm. if that is the case, then they together combine for a total cap hit of $700,000, which leaves the Bengals still after the cuts we're assuming they'll make for Trey Waynes and Trey Hopkins, both of which still aren't official, leaves the Bengals with $21 million in cap space plus rollover money, including rollover money or however you want to say it. I'm still looking, James, though, at $50 million in cash that we would expect the Bengals to be paying out. And that, to me, means more is coming. But for today, Clark Harris and Michael Thomas are the two moves so far.
0: Yep. And it's not. Here's the thing. Is last year at this time, it was probably around the same. I'm trying to think of exactly. Obviously, there was the Trey Hendrickson blow up, but it took them a couple of days. And, you know, the Riley Reef meeting and everything was the next week. And and then they were able to get him done. And then all of the guys got introduced that Friday. And so it takes some time. And, you know, I'm looking at our tracker and I'm paying attention. And we'll get into some new guys that are out there on the free agent market uh, that have gotten cut in, in a few minutes here. But there's a ton of talent out there. There's a ton of guys that fit what the Bengals are looking for, fit the needs that we've discussed here. And so I think they're working. I also think it's tough to take less than you're anticipating. And I think some of these guys, that's the reality that they're facing. And I'm not saying the Bengals are about to get a bunch of steals, but if you're still around now outside of You know, Teron Armstead, who's waiting on Deshaun Watson, reportedly, Uh, you know, a lot of these guys, they they were probably hoping to get scooped up, you know, Tyron Matthew, his market might not be what he was hoping for. And I'm not saying the Bengals are in on him. It's just a top free agent that uh, I'm pointing out that is still out there. So there are a lot of guys that uh, could fill what the Bengals are looking for. And and so I I think that they're going to put that cash to good use. I think they're going to add players at the same time. Waiting is tough. Right, It's tough for you, it's tough for me, it's tough for fans, it's tough for everybody. But we we certainly know that behind closed doors, they are working. And it is going to be interesting to see which route they go. Uh, One guy that I had mentioned during our um, free agency mock was Trent Brown. He's visiting the Seahawks. Doesn't sound like the Bengals are really into him at right tackle. So where do they go right tackle-wise? Because I think they're going to sign one. They would be um, naive. And in, in honestly, I, what's the word? I don't want to be too critical, but naive to just assume that one of these guys is going to blossom, that Isaiah Prince is suddenly going to figure it out or, you know, what, whoever they think, Deontay Smith. So I think they're going to sign someone in a proven right tackle and we'll see who that is, but it doesn't feel like it's going to be Trent Brown.
2: Yeah, I, I would say the word would probably be misguided or perhaps overconfident. W- w- one of those two Stupid ideas. was
0: the word I was thinking, but it might be too critical. So you said worry.
2: you weren't going to be too critical. I was coming up with some more politically <laughs> friendly words. You talked about the timeline, James, and luckily our friend Joe Goodberry, who was on the show with us just a couple days ago, it's been a really long week, has the timeline for last free agency when the tampering period was on March 15th and free agency officially opened on March 17th. Last year, on day one, the Bengals came to terms with Trey Hendrickson. On cool. day two, Chidobe Awuzie and Mike Hilton. So three players through tampering. On day three was Larry Ogunjobi. So if we want the Bengals to maintain pace, it would be get a, get another guy announced today. Day five last year was Riley Reef On the 19th, two days after free agency opened, Eli Apple the 23rd and Quentin Spain the 30th. So two weeks later.
0: What they would say, too, is they got B.J. Hill done. That's what they would say. So it would be three sure. in their head, in their eyes um, because they have players that are actually worth keeping versus the past couple of years where that wasn't necessarily the case. So, um, yeah, I, and, and that, that's part of it is the Hill deal looks, gets overlooked a little bit. But uh, I, I think that um, part of it, too, is that the offensive line market, specifically the tackle market, is very slow moving like molasses in my backyard in the middle of December, all right? That thing is, is moving really slow, and at some point it'll get going, and I expect the Bengals to be in on it.
2: I think they're waiting for something, whether it's Lyle Collins, whether it's Teron Armstead or other players waiting for some Deshaun Watson dust to settle as he's in play for four teams, but it still sounds like the Saints are his preference if they can figure out how to
0: make that work. You think so that, that? I don't. I think it's the Falcons. I think the Falcons are. I think he's going to Atlanta.
2: Reports up until today were that uh, from Ian Rapoport, the Saints were in an advantageous position from, from other national level reporters that his preference was the Saints. But I, I could see Atlanta coming out of nowhere, and there's going to be a bit of a QB shuffle either way. Matt Ryan, Baker Mayfield, and Deshaun Watson all looking like they're going to be elsewhere potentially especially if Watson ends up in Atlanta. So I do think that there's a little bit of the market that that could be waiting for those things to play out. But the reality is at this point, a lot of what we're going to hear is scheduled visits. You remember scheduled visits? Those are back. You mentioned Trent Brown taking a scheduled visit with Seattle. That's how free agency used to be, is we would know what guys were potentially signing with teams because they would go visit them in their cities and then we would hear when the visit completed and then we'd know that a deal wasn't reached or we would hear about a deal if a deal was reached a little bit different now with everything that's virtual all the stuff that happens in the tampering period and James like you said a lot of players are still getting introduced to the market Matt Ionatis, whose name i may have I need somehow it. gotten I need right it. close enough, man. It. I'll take that JC Treader recently cut Daryl Williams, some other guys. There's some new guys getting introduced to the market as well that we should talk about that could be fits for the Bengals. And we'll do that coming up next.
0: Maybe you want to wager on where Deshaun Watson lands. Like I said, I think it's Atlanta grew up 50 miles from there. Certainly went out of his way to uh, put his arms around the Falcons and find a way to, to potentially get there. We'll see maybe it's cleveland maybe it's carolina maybe it is new orleans like jake uh in all those reports we're talking about regardless you can wager on that and so much more at bet online right now so maybe you want to talk about super bowl odds and you want to get in on the falcons odds or some of these other odds you could do that deshaun watson's landing spot or it's march it's madness college hoops the tournament is here thursday it's all day long friday all day long one of my favorite days in sports and of course i think the Bengals are going to be really busy on thursday and friday which means i might not be able to wager i might not be able to watch all the games but you can and you can wager on them at bet online right now it's a one-stop shop for all of your betting needs so sign up today on your laptop pc or mobile device and get in on the fun bet online where the game starts
1: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: James, cuts, cutdowns, ca- casualties, whatever you want to call them, are mm. happening around the NFL. Washington, the commanders had a wave of cuts. My, Matt, I had... I, you say the name. Matt Ioannidis. Ianidas. Ianidas. Matt Ioannidis was released by the Commanders along with a few other players from Cleveland. J.C. Treader, Austin Hooper were released on Wednesday. Daryl Williams we've been talking about for a few days now. Brian Bulaga from the Chargers. A right tackle was cut. He can't seem to stay on the field, but... The list is growing. Eric Flowers, one of those Washington commanders, has played a lot of left guard recently and has been, in my opinion, pretty okay there. I was the highest on him in our free agency sheet. Billy Turner from the Packers cut. When you look at some of these names that have become available, we've obviously talked about some of them. We've talked Mm -hmm. about some of the unrestricted free agents and Lyle Collins as a trade target or another cut target. Who stands out to you, James, as guys that could be potential fits for the Bengals?
0: Well, naturally, you look at the talent level, and we we talked about him a lot, so I'm just going to mention him and keep moving. And you can listen to Wednesday's show if you want to hear my magical plan to get J.C. Tredder to Cincinnati. But, you know, I love the, the idea of, of J.C. Um That being said, um, other guys, Daryl Williams, I'd mention him. He, he was released on Monday. If, if you could get him, that'd be great. But of the ones that were released Wednesday. And there's a lot of new guys, Matt Ioannidis, like you mentioned, Eric Flowers, Alex, or Austin Hooper, excuse me, are the ones that stand out the most to me. I think all three could be fits. Now, with Flowers, the question is, are they going to pay what he's asking potentially for another guard, another interior lineman? Because me, if, if you're doing that, then I go the treader route. I go a little higher and I get the better player. And I, I think I fortify the line more. But Flowers, 28 years old, treader 31, maybe they view it. Uh, differently from that uh, perspective. He is a former first-round pick, wouldn't be shocked at all if they wanted to go that route at guard. But Hooper is, this is and could be a blessing in disguise if you get a guy like Austin Hooper, who's a two-time Pro Bowler, um, who underwhelmed in Cleveland after signing a big contract there. But look at what's going on in Cleveland right now. And the situation he was in with Atlanta A dome team helps pass happy team with Matt Ryan. And you got Julio Jones and, you know, all of these pieces. It was Calvin Ridley for a bit. And, you know, all of these pieces around him. Look at Cincinnati. What do they ask out of their tight end? I think Hooper could be that. I I think he could certainly be a a really good option. He struggled with drops last year. But his first five years, he didn't struggle with drops. And so I think that was a, a situational thing as much as anything. And he's 27 years old. It feels like he's older. He's only 27. So to me, if I'm Austin Hooper, I want to sign with a team where I can play a ton, where I don't have to worry about David Njoku over my shoulder, a former first round pick who's freakishly talented and obviously played his way into the franchise tag in Cleveland. And I want to catch passes from a really good quarterback. I think it would make a lot of sense for Austin Hooper and the Bengals to get together and see if they could reach terms on a short-term deal. Maybe it's a two-year contract where he can test the market again and kind of reestablish his value because it's certainly tanked in his two seasons in Cleveland.
2: Yeah, that's what will be interesting to me about Austin Hooper is what price tag ends up on him. He comes in at the same exact composite tier score in our spreadsheet as OJ Howard at a 3.3. I had him at a 3. You and Joe have him as a 3.5. Mm-hmm. And similar grading for Austin Howard, 3s and 3.5s. Sorry for OJ Howard. Howard. Yep. So similar marks there. Behind Gerald Everett, who we seem to think was unanimously a third-tier guy, and behind Rob Gronkowski, of course, who most of us gave a 2.5, but Joe gave a 3. So those are the the top-end tight ends mm-hmm. that are still out there. But what's curious to me about it is, is what's the market for Austin Hooper? Because mm-hmm. maybe he's not the most athletic guy. Maybe he doesn't have the speed that you're looking for. Although he is a good athlete, he doesn't have top top-end tight end speed ran a four, seven back, uh, at his 40 or uh, at the combine and his pro day, Had decent, not amazing jumps had decent, not amazing agility. Is a little bit of a better athlete than drew sample, but certainly has been more productive in the NFL and has been a solid blocker as well. Mm -hmm. So what's his market after two down years in Cleveland? Is it $4 million a year? Or is it something like we've seen with other tight ends around the league, the six, $7 million a year?
0: Oh, I don't think so, but I, you're right. Who, it could who knows? be.
2: Because it's... these tight end, these tight end deals, will Disley, $8 million to go back to Seattle. Like mm-hmm. the, the tight end deals have been really weird, but how far down do you want to go? Do you want to wait for a guy like Jared cook? If you know, projected $4 million, a guy that is, is certainly in the twilight of his career, Anthony Fersker, two and a half million, Jordan Akins. I I feel like he might have actually gone back to Houston but if he didn't 3.75 million you know th- these names don't inspire a ton of of enthusiasm for me so mm-hmm. Hooper at least with a bit of a track record if the market is contained is an interesting player who's been very productive and at the very least would be better than a rookie and in my opinion would be a better receiving threat then than would be Drew Sample, but I would still probably be looking for a little bit more athleticism at the position for my first choice.
0: Sure. O.J. Howard, I would have ahead of Hooper, and I think I have that rated properly. Um, the same age, feels like Howard ha- hasn't really had the the opportunities, right? Gronk gets there when Brady gets there, and then he gets injured, and it's just been tough. And the Buccaneers, they did resign. They restructured and kept Cameron Brait two years, eight million bucks. Uh, Gronk probably going back there. So maybe OJ Howard's a guy you can snipe. And, and so to me, what I think the Bengals are going to do at tight end, and watch them go sign a tight end today or, you know, tonight uh, or tomorrow, whatever. I think they're going to wait enough like for another wave and have a couple more of these guys go off, assuming the market hasn't come back down to reality. And they're going to get one of these guys and, and like the value because are, do you really, is it, if you're the Bengals, knowing what you're asking your tight end to do. If you could get OJ Howard a week from now for $4 million, and I'm not saying him, or Austin Hooper for $4 million, or Hayden Hurst for $4 million, like, is there a huge difference from those three? There is with, with Cook, because you're talking age and everything like that. But there's a couple guys that are still there, you know, three to four, I would say, in that range. Gerald Everett's another one. I can't believe I missed him. That if they're still on the board, at some point, you might be able to snipe one of them. And suddenly after everybody spent all this money on tight end, you look up and you have the good value. And I, I think if I had to guess, I think that's what they're going to try to do again. Watch me jinx it. And they're going to go sign one of these guys to for 8 million bucks. I just, I don't necessarily think that that's, uh, that's going to be the case.
2: I, I think 8 million is probably too high because if it's 8 million for one of these kinds of guys, why wouldn't they just spend the eight to, to match the jets offer? Assuming that was on the table for them with CJ Uzama. Number so, of so that, years potentially or you know be, it depends. It, it could be that they don't want to spend that much a tight end. It, it could be that they want to cap out at six million, perhaps. Which is and, probably
0: and it, the most realistic. I agree.
2: And if that's the case, then maybe one of these other guys does make sense. Looking at some other these some of these other names that got cut, I, I wouldn't roll out Eric Flowers, although I do think they're gonna prioritize tackle ahead of an, another interior lineman. We've talked about that for a couple of days. And Matt Ioannidis, I think, will will have a lot of attention around the league. There was a lot of hype from like a lot of the different writers and, and podcasters I follow for other teams were like, yep, go get him. He makes sense. And for the Bengals, this would make sense as another rotational three piece. And, And so that's why the interest is there. There weren't very many interior defensive linemen available in free agency in the first place. A lot of the ones that were outside of Larry Ogunjobi and BJ Hill were more suited to three or to to be a nose tackle or we're less productive than you would like a three tech to be There's still some guys out there, but Mm -hmm. uh, Matt Ionite is certainly one of the more intriguing names from, from Wednesday's, you know, official league year open. You have to be cap compliant, cut down wave from the Washington commanders. And so no movement yet for Lyle Collins. He's still a Dallas Cowboy at the time of recording and the Bengals still employ Trey uh, Trey Hopkins and Trey Waynes at the time of recording. We'll see if those moves happen anytime soon. But around the NFL, while free agency has moved a little bit slowly, there's been a lot of activity in the AFC. And I think that in addition to the money points to more activity for the Cincinnati Bengals. And I think we need to take a look around the AFC North and some of the other pass rushers going from the NFC to the AFC in this free agent period coming up next.
0: But first, I got to talk to you about rockauto.com because the Bengals, well, they need reliability in the trenches, which is why they should go after JC Treader, which is why they should go after Darrell Williams. Well, if you need reliability on the road, and you do, I do, everybody does, you need to get to rockauto.com. They're a family-owned business that have been in business for more than two decades, and, well, they're going to save you money every time you go there on your auto parts it's the same quality parts the same manufacturers all of those things but you can shop from the comfort of your own home you don't have to go to the big box store you don't have to go to the dealership why spend 30 50 even 100 more when you can go to rockauto.com from the comfort of your own home and save money on car parts right now so check them out rockauto.com i've used them You should, too, regardless of what you drive, whether it's a Honda, a Daewoo, an Audi, a Mercedes-Benz like Jake Lisko, it doesn't matter. They got you covered at rockauto.com. Go there now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Be sure to write locked on in there. how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com.
1: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: James, looking around the AFC, the influx of pass rushers in the last week really stands out to me. Today's Darius Smith goes from Green Bay to Baltimore, back to the Baltimore Ravens. The Bengals will face him twice a year. When they face Baltimore. Obviously, TJ Watt's already there. The Steelers also probably get Stefan Tuitt back this year to go with Cam Hayward. We know that the Steelers present a challenge. We know Miles Jack is in Cleveland, and we'll see if the Browns add another pass rusher to go with him. I would expect that to happen. But in the AFC West, in this escalating arms race that is just going to produce a bloodbath of a division, they keep adding more. Chandler Jones. Mm -hmm. goes and signs with the Las Vegas Raiders today. Obviously, Khalil Mack already traded to the Los Angeles Chargers and the Denver Broncos add Randy Gregory on Tuesday. So when you look around the AFC and the opponents that the Bengals will be facing, the pass rush that the Bengals faced last year was pretty tough. Mm -hmm. It's not getting easier this year. Yes, they've, they've improved their right guard position. No doubt about that. Ted Karras should be, I would say, at least a little bit better, if not similar to Trey Hopkins, at least late season pass protection form. Left guard remains a, an empty spot and right tackle remains an empty spot. So when you look around the AFC, Miles Jack going to Pittsburgh, the, the, the good moves, I would say good moves that the Pittsburgh and Baltimore have made in this free agency mm-hmm. period. This is a time, this is an opportunity for the Bengals to see what the rest of the league is doing and and find their counterpunch. And that's what I'm looking for in the rest of free agency.
0: For sure. I mean, that's that's why they they can't invest enough in the line. And I get it. They, they're going to want a corner. They're going to want an edge rusher. But let's be honest here. Look at the Bengals. For the next couple of years, if they're going to win championships which is what they want if they're going to win the AFC North. The key to that is making sure they have uh, the best quarterback that's playing the best ball in the division in the conference. And so that's why all these teams are going after rushers, because they want to disrupt Patrick Mahomes, because they want to make sure Burrow feels them, because they want to make sure all of these quarterbacks, whoever it is that they're going up against, that, that they can get after the the passer. And so if you're the Bengals, to me, the counterpunch continue to fortify the offensive line, continue to invest in it and get proven bodies, right? The idea of Deontay Smith, who might end up being great, and who knows, maybe he comes to camp and kicks Darrell Williams' ass, all right? I'm not saying that won't happen. Or the idea of Jackson Carmen, and I think this is the more realistic possibility, that is semi-concerning, right? It's Hell, it's concerning with Jonah Williams. Will he take another step? And so, uh, yeah, that that's part of the, the counterpunch, right? Because I, I think if this team is as good as and reaches its full potential, it's gonna be because the offense takes another step, not necessarily the defense, because the offense becomes, you know, the talk of the town, the talk of the league. And it's not just Joe Burrow. It's it's MVP-like numbers for him. And, and they become really, really tough to to guard and defend because they're not getting pressured and he can take five-step drops without flinching and, and wincing and, and everything that happens where they couldn't even do that. They couldn't even run three step drops in the Super Bowl. So that would be my counter punch. Maybe they're going to say, oh well, we're going to go get edge rushers too. But I just I don't think they're in the in the reports right. It's not like they were in the Chandler Jones market. It's not like they were going to trade for Yannick and Kalkway. Like I find that you know extremely unlikely. So that, that's the other part of it. So if you're not in on those big time edge rushers, the Von Miller sweepstakes, well then That's fine, but find a way to to protect the guy that's going to get you where you want to go.
2: And there might be some down market edge guys they bring in. That is something that I think makes sense. But the the other thing about the tackle market is every team in the AFC is now looking at its tackles like, can we block these guys? Can we block (laughs) these guys well enough to win this game? The AFC West is looking at what they have to block, and they're thinking, man, do we have a right tackle to go with our left tackle? The answer for, I think, all four of those AFC West teams is no.
0: Hey, and we have we have another uh, AFC team getting a deal done. You won't believe this one. Wow, I just mentioned Von Miller. Von Miller to the Buffalo Bills.
2: I was worried about that Six
0: years, one. $120 million, according to Ian Rappaport. Now, who knows what the contract is? There's no way he's going to see the end of that deal. But holy money, Batman. Six years, Six years? Yeah, it's half of that has to be BS, right? Half of it. He's like thirty three, isn't he? Yeah, that.
2: Wow. But look, Von Miller's still a good player. We've just well, seen yeah, it. Yeah, he is very, very recently. <laughs> but the, the, I was I was going to say the Bills. They didn't really have a guy, but Von Miller to go with what Got they it. do have, and it's just a really solid defense and and a solid three tech. Oh. I mean. Yeah, there, there's somebody else for you to block. But but where I was going was that every AFC team now is looking at their tackles and they're like, are we good enough here? There's only so many tackles to go around. Maybe Daryl Williams doesn't go back to Buffalo now. Maybe Buffalo's just tapped themselves out on this Von Miller deal that I'm sure has – as well, it's a six-year deal. I'm, I'm actually assuming that at least one of those years is a void year or something. But – the. You can only prorate signing bonuses over five years anyway. So I'm not really sure what, what that deal is all about. That's insane. But, uh, you know, good for Von Miller there. The AFC is going to be after these right tackles. Darrell Williams, Lyle mm-hmm. Collins. You, you name one of these guys at the top end and it's going to be competitive. And so this is where the whole patience which I want to preach patience. The Bengals will bring more guys in. We talked about how much money they have left to spend versus urgency. kind of have to, you got to balance that out. You got to make sure you get the guys you want because there aren't infinite options out there and and they do need to improve at right tackle.
0: Yep. And so through the first four years, just for the Von Miller deal to end this, 17 and a half million per year over the first four, according to Rappaport. So uh, huge money. Um, but yeah, that's right. So spend huge money on tackle, and don't try to. And I don't think they're going to sell us on Deontay Smith being the starter at tackle. But again, that's why, because if you got if you're going up against Von Miller and you got to go up to Buffalo in the AFC title game or in the divisional round, it's going to be tough. But if you fortify it with a left guard and a right tackle, there's going to be an injury. There's going to be something that happens. You're asking one guy to step up, not two or three. Like the Bengals essentially were where it was Hopkins all season long playing on a knee that clearly wasn't one hundred percent for the first half of the year. And then two guys once um once Riley Reef went down, that just let's be honest, they weren't ready. And they clearly didn't feel like Jackson Carmen was ready either. I know there's a Carmen hive out there, so that's the uh that's the part. So it, it's it's one main objective this offseason to me versus all these others. And I, I'm fine if you don't land the Von Miller on defense or the JC Jackson on defense, but damn it, make sure that number nine's upright because that's the cheat code because he's going to find number one and number five. Yes, T. Higgins is changing his number, Tyler Boyd, et cetera.
2: The pass rushes in the AFC are just such a gauntlet. Like (laughs) even if they dodge some of the, we talked about it last year, like, well, this week it's, you know, TJ Watt this week. It's, Chris Jones, this week is Jeffrey Simmons. You, you name a guy, it's going to be the same this year. And even if it's not some of these guys in the regular season, because the Bengals obviously don't play all these teams in the regular season. If they want to get to the Super Bowl again, they're going to face at least one of these AFC West teams in, in almost any scenario. In most scenarios, they're going to face one of these AFC West teams. They might have to go face Buffalo, or Buffalo might have to come to Cincinnati to, to see them. Mm-hmm. Man, the AFC absolute arms race. It is going to be wild. I, I can't believe that Russell Wilson chose. You know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to. I'm going to go to the AFC West. That looks. That looks like an, a fun opportunity. You know, and and you can see why Tom Brady would come back with the way. I mean, yeah. there's a
0: talent exodus from
2: the NFC to the AFC,
0: and it has mm-hmm. been for. It feels like a month. It's it's crazy. It's like three teams in the NFC right now that stand out, right? Or four, I guess. It will be the Rams, 49ers, Bucks in no order, Bucks and um, Packers.
2: Yeah. And, and, like, the 49ers are kind of iffy, like, because Jimmy G, you know, what's happening yeah. with their quarterback situation? I, yeah. And I guess fourth, if, if you know. Deshaun Watson goes to the Saints from a football perspective, that would be another one. And we're going to yeah. have to talk about Deshaun Watson from a football perspective at some point. Um, really liked what Mina Kynes had to say on her podcast about it and, and how she's approaching it. Uh, uh, that's a delicate subject that we don't need to get into today, though. So we'll be back when the Bengals make a move. And it might be tonight. If you're listening to this uh, as soon as we have uploaded it on Wednesday night, it might be on, on Thursday. But as soon as the news breaks, we'll be back with analysis, reactions and more here on the Lockdown Bengals podcast. So until next time, Bengals fans, hootay.